Hello, people of the way. Today is Communion Sunday. Uh, before uh, we begin our uh, study through this uh, communion message, uh, make sure you listen to the communion preparation message because it gives uh, it outlines uh, instructions on uh, preparation of the elements. Uh, so make sure you listen to that. And at any time during this particular message, hit pause or any of our messages. At any particular time, uh, hit pause uh, if you need to pray. Uh, maybe you feel a uh, conviction. Uh, pray. Uh, uh, just hit pause. Pray. Get your heart right with the Lord. You need to make sure your heart is right with the Lord. Now, communion is not for non-believers. It's also not for uh, if you're playing games with the Lord. It's not for you. Uh, now, I know that sounds rather abrasive, but get your heart right with the Lord. If you're not a believer, Hit pause and listen to the message about how to commit your life to Jesus Christ. You become a Christian, become born again. Uh, if you're playing games with the Lord, also you listen to the same message, how to commit your life to Jesus in your recommitment to Jesus Christ. Okay, very important. Uh, we have to follow the word and be obedient to the word. Now, when I say that it's not for you, if you're not a believer, if you're playing games with the Lord and communion is not for, for you, I don't say that to hurt you, uh, to bring pain or angst in your heart. I say it to, uh, in obedience to the Lord, in, in, in obedience to His Word. Uh, but just repent. Repent. Make sure your heart is right before the Lord, and then we partake. This isn't just for you. It's for me as well. It's for all who believe. You know, we can't play games with the Lord. What happens is that when we follow His Word, there are blessings for obedience. And then, you know, when we are disobedient... He chastises. He chastises. And sometimes, depending on, you know, the, the, the type of disobedience, it can get worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse without repentance. That's why we always say, repent, 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 repent. Just like the Bible always says, Genesis to Revelation, repent, 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 repent. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. So at any time during this message, hit pause. Make sure your heart is right before the Lord before you partake of the elements. Uh, and here we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is our communion message. In verse 23, Paul writes, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now remember, in our study through the gospel, in the gospel of uh, Matthew, Paul wasn't there in the upper room. Paul, Paul, Paul wasn't there at the 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 the, the, the uh, uh, in the upper room with the disciples before they became apostles. He was not there, which tells us what in verse twenty three when he says, when, "For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you." You see, Paul in his own intimacy with the Lord, how the Lord reveals these things, and that's what's so beautiful about intimacy with the Lord. Your intimacy with him. We look at, the, we read the Bible and we see all these beautiful people, men, women, young, old, in their own intimacy with the Lord. Look at Hannah. Hannah's intimacy with the Lord. When the, her husband thought she was crazy, the high priest thought she was drunk. They were the crazy ones. Hannah was on point. Hannah was beautiful in her own intimacy with the Lord and how the Lord blessed her. With little Samuel, little baby Samuel, and when there and when there was uh, there was no widespread revelation in those days. Why? 
Because look at Eli. Look at his sons. Wickedness. And so the Lord is, you know, the Lord doesn't say, you know, I stand at the door and knock, you know, and if you don't hear me, I'm going to kick in your door, barge in. He doesn't say that. He's a gentleman. And so there's it was silence. No widespread revelation from the Lord. The Lord was silent in those days, except little beautiful Samuel. Son of beautiful Hannah. And those close to her thought she was crazy. The high priest, Eli, thought she was drunk when she was praying to the Lord. And she had intimacy with the Lord, just like Moses has intimacy with the Lord, or had. Moses had intimacy with, I mean, you know, barring the transfiguration, but, you know, back, you know, hearkening our studies to the Old Testament, Moses has intimacy with the Lord. But don't forget the transfiguration did happen. You see, you see these moments of intimacy with the Lord. You know what's so beautiful about the intimacy with the Lord that we see through these godly people, young, old, male, female? Is that everybody else outside of their little bubble, everybody thinks they're crazy. <laughs> and maybe the same is with you. People think you're crazy. People think, okay, that's it. He's lost it. She's lost it. They're crazy town. Well, you know, and you're not crazy town because you're in your little cloud, your little bubble. I say bubble, but, you know, it's a beautiful bubble. It's righteousness. That's what's, you see, I mean, we hearken to our studies through the gospel of Matthew. It's like, wow, Paul wasn't even there. I mean, he was alive at that time, but. You know, studying under the tutelage of Gamaliel. And, you know, before he came to Christ, before he became a Christian, he was a persecutor of the saints. Having them arrested, beaten, killed. That was Paul in his B.C. days before Christ. What about you in your B.C. days? You see, what about us, you and me? What about us in our BC days? You see, that's why we can't we, we can't let the past dictate our future, but at the same time, don't forget your past. Don't forget from where the Lord brought you out of. Because it will help you have compassion for those who are living in those same lifestyles. You know, it's not that we are on a holy high horse. An elitist mentality, oh, we're of the elect. No, not at all. But we have compassion for those who are in those same situations that we ourselves were in. Not that we should boast, not that we even can boast, but that we can have compassion on those people. And also hope. Because if the Lord did it for you, if He did it for me, He can do it for Him, He can do it for her. In their own intimacy with the Lord. But where are the fishermen? Where are the fisher women? You see? And Paul, in his intimacy, the Lord, he says in verse 23 For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, 
eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant. New covenant. New covenant. The old covenant is old. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Remember, the old covenant had blood. But it was the blood of lamb. It was the blood of ox. It was the blood of goats. The blood of turtle dove. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We remember the Lord. Do you remember on Wednesday how, you know, there's that one little verse where you see the me, the me, the me, the me, capital M, the Lord is speaking of himself. And there was heavy emphasis that we made on, you know, sometimes, you know, we get in this minutia where it's like, okay, uh, 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 you know, okay, let's go to church. Okay, it's communion Sunday here. Let's drink this. Let's eat this. But no, we can't have that mentality. We, not you, we. We, together, you and me. We can't have that mentality. And if you do have that mentality, get your heart right with the Lord. Hit pause. (laughs) Hit pause. Get your heart right with the Lord. Because it's all about the Lord. We do it for Him. In remembrance of Him. You know, when Paul mentions on the same night in which he was betrayed, in verse 23... Do you remember our study through Matthew? Do you remember what that night looked like? Do you remember what that night was? In the upper room, he's having, you know, they had the advance party to prepare the uh, uh, Passover meal. And then they had the upper room. Everything's fine. Everything's fine and dandy, so to speak. Everything's fine and dandy. Beautiful, beautiful intimacy that the Lord has with his disciples. Beautiful. Unbeknownst to the disciples, it's, it didn't turn out so well. I mean, in the grand uh, scheme of things, it turned out beautifully and wonderfully. And these things had to happen. But there they are in the upper room. Jesus washing the feet. Remember Peter? He says, oh, Lord, you're not going to touch my feet. You're a Lord. You're not going to touch my feet. The Lord tells him, you know, unless I wash you, you know, you're not going to enter the kingdom. Peter's like, okay, you know, douse me. I'm all yours, Lord. Just drench me. And then in the course of a couple hours, several hours, They go to the Garden of Gethsemane. They go to pray. The disciples, he says, okay, you guys wait here. You you, you others, you come with me. And then that, that, that separation between the disciples. And then he tells that smaller group, he says, okay, you guys wait here. I'm gonna go pray and you pray with me. He tells everybody, pray. But then that separation, he tells a small group, pray. And then he goes and pray, prays. And the Lord's prayer was, you know, Father, take this cup from me. 
take this cup from me. He knew what was going to happen. Father, take this cup from me. But yet, not my will, thy will. Satan is the one who says, you know, my will, my will, my will, my will. That's why, you know, you have to be very careful with self. My will, my will, my will. We follow the example of the good shepherd. Not my will, thy will, Father. And he comes back. Everybody's asleep. Disciples asleep. He tells them again, hey, pray. And you guys stay here, pray. And then he goes, prays more. He comes back. Everybody's asleep. The persecutors are right there. Judas gives him a kiss. He tell, Judas tells the uh, uh, that cohort. He says, "Okay, the one I kissed, that's Jesus. That's the guy. That's that's the guy. Arrest him." Judas comes up, kisses Jesus. Betrayal. And they arrest him. Peter takes out his sword, slashes the the the, the guy's ear, who's coming to arrest Jesus. And Jesus tells him, this is difficult. At one point, it was very, very difficult for me. But as we, you know, as I also mature in Christ, it's getting easier. But the Lord Jesus Christ gives him stand down orders. Peter, put your sword away. Don't you know that those who live by the sword also die by the sword? You see? And then Jesus Christ was taken away. When he's taken away, I say taken away, but not taken away into comfort, taken away into peril. A sheep led to the slaughter. And then Peter denies him three times. That was a very, very tough night. On the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. He says, this is my body which is broken for you. And his body was indeed broken. I mean, we don't do... It's called communion, but it, it, it's not... It's deeper. It's like... It's much deeper. I mean, communion is just like you take the deepest part of the ocean and if you look at the surface only, that would be like, okay, this is communion. Because you're only looking at the surface. But if you actually dive in and you dive in as deep as you can go and then it gets dangerous and then you get in a submarine where you you know, you know have the confines of the, a submarine and you go deeper and then you can't even touch the bottom because you know the, 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 the water pressure, that's how deep it is. So I said today is Communion Sunday, but it's much deeper. His body broken for you, for me, for all of God's creation, for all of, for everybody. God is not willing that any should perish. 
And his body was broken for everybody. Some people say, oh, it's only broken for the elect, those who believe. No, it's broken for everybody. Not everybody receives him. But it's still broken for everybody. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he's, he didn't give it, he didn't send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's much deeper than just, oh, it's communion Sunday. No, it's a time of remembrance. That his body was broken for you. Now, if you're not a believer, his body was, you know, you didn't hit pause. <laughs> if you're not a believer, his body was broken for you. And you hit pause. And you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I, I welcome you as my brother, as my sister. I don't care. I don't care what sin you are involved with. Or maybe what sin you are involved with right now. Because the second you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are my brother, you are my sister. Now there's more to that. At that point when you're born again, just like any, any newborn, you have to grow, you have to mature. And there's a lot of things you have to get hardcore. Lay aside those things which so easily ensnare you. I really don't care whatever sin, the sex, the drugs, the rock and roll. You hear me rail against those things, but if that's the stuff that you're involved with right now and you're not a believer, believe. Receive Jesus Christ. So many people say, oh, I'm going to get my life right with, 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 with God and then I'll become a believer. You got it wrong. You believe Jesus Christ. You receive him as Lord and Savior. And he fixes your life. He cleans your life. As the saying goes, Jesus cleans his own fish. And I tell you from experience. I've tried the other equation. It doesn't work. I, I'm telling you from experience. It doesn't work. You'll make, you'll make a mess. And I tell you from experience. You commit your life to Jesus Christ. Because his body is broken for you. And this we do in remembrance of him. The cup that we drink of is the new covenant in his blood. And this we do in remembrance of him. His life, his death, his resurrection, and his return. Look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You see his return. And he is coming as surely as the Lord lives. He is coming. Me personally, I believe we're a last day's generation. Look at what's happening. You could say before, you could say, look what's happening in the Middle East. But now you could say, look what's happening across the globe. Love is waxing cold. Ethnos against ethnos. Everybody's offended. That's one of the signs. Everybody will be offended and will betray one another. 
Then you look at the Middle East. Israel about to swear in a new president to serve for a seven-year term. Israel about to appoint a new prime ministership, which is multifaceted. It's like uh, multi-governments, multi-factions uh, 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 of, you know, uh, you have the liberal element, you have the very small conservative element, orthodox element, and now, for the first time, an Arab element. For the first time, for such a time as this. On top of that, look at what's happening in Iran. They're changing their leadership. Rouhani, who's going to replace him? Look at Egypt, trying to bring about, you know, some type of ceasefire in Gaza. Permanent, they're working towards permanency. On top of that, the Pope has his seven-year plan. All these things, prophecy coming to pass, things happening across the face of this globe. The Euphrates River is getting drier and drier. Read the news articles. Why didn't the Euphrates dry up 300 years ago? Why is it drying up right now for such a time as this? In tandem with all these other things we see. signs that the Lord told us about. Things that will happen before He arrives. What will be the sign of your coming? Tell us, you know, what will be the sign of your coming? That's what He was asked by the disciples. He says, these things must happen and then I'll come. You know, what does that say about the pre-tribulation rapture theory? Now, if you're pre-tribulation rapture, I love you. I love you. I don't want to shake anybody's faith. But there are holes in the pre-tribulation rapture theory. I love you. I don't I I, I know I've had these conversations with the pre-tribulation rapture people. And it rocks them to the core. Some of them call me Evil. Some of them call me, you know, I'm uh, an agent of Satan. But there are holes to the pre-tribulation rapture theory, biblically speaking. Listen to the message. If it, a little side note, I don't want to get off topic, but you know, a little side note. You might have to scroll for a while, but listen to the message. It's called, When is the Rapture? And then you understand you have to have your Bible open. For all of our messages, for all of our studies, you must have your Bible with you. You must, because you need to see it with your own eyes. Be a Berean. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. He is coming as surely as the Lord lives. He is coming. The Lord told us the Signs of his times, he says, and when you know, I, and then I'll come. Therefore, in verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, unworthy manner, that's hardcore. Oh, but God is love. You know, how could he not want us to drink this? God is love, God is love. Yes, 
God is love. But let's let the Bible define love. Don't let the world define what love is. Because the world says, oh, love is love, love is love. Therefore, this lady can marry a, 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 a Ferris wheel. Yes, it's happened. Legal, legal marriage certificate. You know, this lady is married there. Her husband is Ferris wheel. A guy marrying his dog. Legal marriage certificate. You know, this guy married to this dog. Oh, love is love. Love is love. The foolishness of the world. Proclaiming to be wise, they become fools. That's the world. Another sign of the times. Crazy town. The world is in crazy town. And it's going to get worse. Love is going to wax cold. It's already waxing cold. Ethnos against ethnos. And the Holy Spirit, the restrainer, will be lifted one day. What will that world look like? Not that the Holy Spirit has diminished in power. But love is waxing cold. The receptivity of mankind cannot receive these things of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is the restrainer is lifted up, what in the world will that landscape look like? We have to be wise. We have to be wise. You see, it's not when when you you, know, you hear me say at the beginning, you know, this isn't for you if you're a non-believer or if you're playing games with the Lord, this isn't for you. It's not to hurt your feelings. It's to protect you. Because we, I say we, you and me together. It is possible for us to partake of communion, partake of the elements in in remembrance of the Lord. It is possible to partake of these things in an unworthy manner. And if that happens, we will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord as is written in verse 27. You see? So what do we do? But let a man, in verse 28, let a man examine himself. Examine is to scrutinize, to see whether a thing is genuine or not. Let a man examine himself. That's what we do. You, me, young, old, male, female, I don't care. We examine ourselves. If you're not a believer, you still didn't hit pause. Hit pause. Commit your life to Jesus Christ. If you're playing games with the Lord, hit pause. And recommit your life to Jesus Christ. Don't play games anymore. Those days are over. And then, and then, in verse 28, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. You see? So at the beginning, you might have thought like, wow, what is this guy? I thought God was love and he's telling me I can't partake of the elements. I'm saying you can't partake of the elements if this, is the situation. If this applies to you, if you're a non-believer, if you're playing games with the Lord, then no. And I say it to protect you because I love you and I care for your soul. And I want you to stand before the Lord and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Go ahead, call me crazy. I admit I'm crazy. A fool for Christ 
and I echo the words of another. We're living in very, very wild times. Very, very crazy times. Even the church is crazy. Now, if you're a non-believer and you're like, I'm not down with that Christianity business. I see what's going on. My eyes are wide open. I see what's going on in the church. These Christians, they're crazy. Hey, I agree. The Bible says judgment comes first in the house of God. Which tells us what? Even the Bible says that the church will be in crazy town. It's another sign. If you're a non-believer and you're like, I don't want nothing to do with Christianity because there's a hypocrite pastor over here, a hypocrite youth leader over here, a predator pastor. Here you have the worship leader having sex with these kids, the youth leader having sex with these kids. I don't want nothing to do with Christianity. I understand. I get it. And you know what? I agree with that type of Christianity, which isn't Christianity. I also want nothing to do with that type of Christianity. I'm talking about following the shepherd, capital S, the good shepherd. I'm talking about following Jesus Christ, you and me. You know how Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ? I'm talking about following Jesus Christ. Not the Jesus Christ that you see in the crazy town places. That's another Christ. Also prophesied, another sign of the times. Another Christ spoken by the false prophets, the false teachers. I'm talking about the Jesus of the Word of God. And the Word became flesh. We follow Him. So if you're not a believer, and your excuse, yes, I say excuse, I know that's a harsh word. Your excuse to not commit your life to Jesus Christ is because of the crazy town Christianity. I'm telling you, that's a poor excuse. <laughs> If you're uh, playing games with the Lord and your excuse for not recommitting your life is because of what you see in the crazy town churches, that's a pretty poor excuse. Because the Bible reveals that these things have to happen. These things must happen before He comes. These are bad excuses. That's what's so beautiful about as we get further into the last days. Prior notions are going to be proven as a fallacy. The, it's shaky ground. It might have been 30, 20 years ago, which was even in itself was uh, false. But as we get further in the last days, doctrines will be revealed. Doctrines won't be able to Support. And I love that. People say, oh yeah, the tribulation, it's going to be such a dangerous time, dangerous time. And yes, it is, but it's, there's also going to be beauty. Because all these prior held notions will be shown as fallacy and error and dangerous and wrong and unbiblical and satanic even, and even demonic. Remember the, the priests, the wise people of Egypt? How plague number one happened, plague number two happened, and they were like, okay, yeah, you know, look, our gods can do the same thing, no big deal. And then the hail came. 
And even in the course of time, the ones who were telling Pharaoh, oh yeah, don't, don't believe Moses and Aaron, you know, don't believe that we, we can do the same thing. In the course of time, they were the ones who were telling Pharaoh, Pharaoh, their God is more powerful. The God of Moses, the God of Aaron, listen to him, do what he says, let the people go. They became the advocates. Telling Pharaoh, Pharaoh, do what they say because our our gods can't, they have no power. We've been proven powerless. The same thing will happen during the plagues of the last days. That's the beauty. You, as far as you, you start today. And you commit your life to Jesus Christ. You recommit your life to Jesus Christ. And then we grow together. You and me both together. Growing in Christ. As we move on to perfection. And we traverse the highways, the byways on our way to paradise. In verse 29, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep or many have died is how that translates. You see? So at the very beginning when I said if you're not a believer or nominal or if you're playing games, this isn't for you. Communion is not for you. Partaking the elements is not for you. But I pray and I have hope that you have committed your life to Christ. You have recommitted your life to Christ. And then we partake of the elements together as one body. Because we have examined ourselves. And where you need repenting, you need to repent. Just hit pause and repent. Let us be a people that discerns the Lord's body. Many are weak and sick among you. That's what happens when we don't discern the Lord's body. I know there are fellowships that say, oh yeah, it's communion Sunday here, this is for you. But no. There is a right way what the word of God says. You see, it's not just passing elements out like candy. It's very holy, very holy what we do in remembrance of the Lord, very holy. In verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we live in a generation that doesn't like that word. Don't judge me. I don't want, have you ever talked with a kid, like a a 20 year old kid, 18 year old kid, 15 year old kid? They're very big on not being judgmental. Oh, I don't, I don't mean to judge you, but uh, I, I don't want to judge. I, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. Another sign of the times, an offended generation. I mean, I thought the, the millennial generation was bad, but now you have the Generation Z. They're through the roof. I mean, the scale of their level of sensitivities, it is like off the charts. Now, if you're a young person... <laughs> If you're Z generation and you're listening, I love you. I love you. You know what I'm talking about too. 
Everybody's offended. But this is of necessity for the Christian. If we would judge ourselves, you have to judge yourself. I have to judge myself. We have to judge ourselves. We're in the same boat. We have to judge ourselves, which is diakrino in the Greek, which is to discriminate, discern, to separate and withdraw from. We have to make these distinctions. Yes, discriminate. Within your own self. What is good? What honors the Lord? What dishonors the Lord? You have to discriminate within yourself. Yes, I love you, Lord, but I also love the crack. Yes, I love you, Lord, but I also like the sex. Yes, I love you, Lord, but I also like the alcohol. Yes, I love you, Lord, but I also like fill in the blank. When you discriminate, you make these distinctions. Okay, the sex, the drugs, the alcohol, the rock and roll, this isn't good. So what do you do? You get rid of it. In honoring of the Lord, in honor of the Lord. That's what you do. Diacrino, you judge. This generation today is, oh, don't judge, don't judge. It's not good to judge. It's not good to judge. I'm not talking about crino condemned to hell. That's not good. But yet we still have to make these determinate these uh, uh, distinctions. Diacrino and anacrino. There are other derivatives of crino. But we have to. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now, judge. if we would judge, that's diacrino. We would not be judged. That's crino. That's condemned. That's like straight up burning in hell. Judgment. That's what happens. Because we make these determinations. with the, I mean, the natural world testifies of the same thing. Say, for example, you have a friend that's, you know, a, a, a crackhead. Or, you know, you have a friend and they become a crackhead and they want to still be friends. And then the friend says, hey, I'm out of crack. And, you know, I got the fine. I, I, my friend, I got the finest crack from Chiapas, Mexico. I got the finest crack in the world. Let's go hang out and let's go, you know, let's, let's go get high. Now, you have to make it. To, and his neighbor's a cop. You see? And then the neighbor on one side is a cop. The neighbor on the other side is a cop. All the neighbors surrounding the house are cops. And the friend says, oh, I got the finest crack from Chiapas, Mexico. Let's go get baked. You have a choice to make. You have to diacrino. Say you don't do that. And there you are on the back porch. And then the cops come over. Now you are crino. You go to jail. You see? The natural world testifies of the exact same thing. Why is it that we don't want to apply it to our faith? Why is it that we don't want to apply it to our obedience with the Lord? You see? Because this diacrino, to make these, uh, to discriminate and to discern and to separate, it is... Highly biblical. Highly obedient unto the Lord. And then we make choices. Just like the friend that says, hey, let's go do crack. 
Hey, let's go do the sex. Hey, let's go do the alcohol. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. You make these distinctions in your mind, in your heart. You Okay, I'm not going to hang out with this guy anymore. Because I hang out with this guy, I get in trouble. I hang out with this guy, I might get arrested. I hang out with this guy, I might go to jail. I hang out with this guy, I might go to prison. The natural world testifies of these things. Now, let's internalize that. What about when that threat to obedience, what about when it's you? You see, I don't want to get into the, you know, the uh, psychosis of the duality of man. But understand that there is biblically such a thing as the natural man and the spiritual man. The ways of Adam and the ways of Christ. The natural woman and the spiritual woman. Born into Adam and born into Christ. You see, you... We, we have to make these distinctions. And then we have a choice to make. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord. You see, the Lord disciplines those whom he loves. We are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. You see, even the Lord makes these, you know, the wheat and the tares have to grow together until the harvest. Even the Lord makes separation. Remember Jesus Christ? He said, do you think, do you suppose I came to bring peace, he says? No. He says, no, I came to divide. Now, since I mentioned it, I'll turn just for reference. Luke 12. Luke 12, 51. Luke 12, Luke chapter 12, verse 51. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. You see? Rather division. Because the Lord also separates. And as He, as he also separates, you also separate. We also separate. We make these distinctions. Internalize. What are those things that bring dishonor to the Lord? And what are those things that bring honor to the Lord? And what do we choose? What do you choose? What do I choose? Are we going to walk according to the flesh of which we're warned about? Or are we going to walk according to the spirit of which we are encouraged to do? Biblically. Choose. Just as Joshua says, as Shechem, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You make such a choice. And you and me together, we move on to perfection. Growing and maturing in Christ. This is the way. He is the truth. And He is the life. Oh, death, where is your sting? So make sure you have your elements at the ready. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. 
In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Let's take of the cup. Beautiful, beautiful people of the way. God bless you.